Hello, I'm Greg Whitby and thanks for tuning in to Blue Yonder Voices. Each month I sit down with an educator and talk about the work of learning and teaching in today's world. I'm fortunate today to be chatting with Pam Betts. Pam is the Executive Director of Brisbane Catholic Education. Thank you very much for joining us. Of all the professions that are available to you, um, what drew you to education as a career choice? It's probably more what drew me to working in education at the whole of system level because I can never recall a time when I didn't want to go into teaching. From a very, very young age, all I ever wanted to do was go to teaching and be a teacher. What is a surprise to me is that I'm now working at system level and um, and having an influence through that uh, that leadership level. Did you have a family background in teaching? What, what was the, what were the things that None made you want all. to be a teacher? No, no one in my family were teachers. I had two cousins who also became teachers around the same time as I did, but there was no background in teaching. My father was an accountant. My mum obviously worked at home in those days, but I'm sure she would have been a great writer um, had she pursued a career. And we had no history of it. But I, for some reason, it was from a very young age, from as far back as I can remember, that's all I desired, even before I was at school. You didn't practice on your brothers or cousins? Of course I did. (laughs) Dad set up a blackboard under the house and I'd get all the local kids and I would be the teacher. And I would teach them maths and and English and all sorts of things. And they still, uh, when I see those friends and family members from those days, they say, remember you were the teacher? You were always destined to do that. So probably a tad serious in those days. But, yeah, that was me. Did you get any prior recognition when you... (laughs) No, unfortunately, but I had very good blackboard skills because they were developed from a good age, a good young age. When you got into the classroom and and got started in the profession, did it live up to your expectations? It did, but I do recall that first term of teaching as being much more difficult than I had ever imagined. I grew to love it. In the first term, I remember thinking how uh, demanding it was, much more demanding than I would have expected. And just engaging with so many young people, my background is secondary, I taught very large classes, there were 38 in every class I had, and uh, it was in a great school uh, in Ipswich, but probably not as rich in resources as we our schools would be now. So I do remember the challenge of that first term, and I think that helped because if it had been too easy, I probably would have been disappointed, to be honest. I enjoyed the challenge, and then I enjoyed the challenge of mastering the the art of teaching. Uh, well, having wanted to become a teacher, and then you shifted gears somewhere and ended up uh, in a position. I don't know whether you set out to get there. What was, what was the, the career path from the classroom to the executive director's job? Yeah, well, it's an interesting path. It's not one I planned. I often get asked to do mentoring with people about their their role and where they should head, but I never planned it myself. My approach is I take on a role that gives me energy and that gives me passion and where I feel I can make a difference, working with others naturally. You can never do it on your own. And once I tire of that and I look for the next challenge because I like to be challenged and I'm energised by that. So... I, when I first finished a science degree, I went to Griffith University in Brisbane and did a Bachelor of Science in Environmental Studies. And as I said, I always wanted to be a teacher, but I then wanted a different experience. 
So I worked in Catholic education in the planning area and was planning new schools, and this was back in 1980, so there was no technology to do that. And then after two years in that role, I did a dip ed and went into teaching and taught for quite some time. And then I realised that maybe there was more to learn if I actually worked back in a system office, as I had started out in those first two years. And partly the first two years was to just get some money behind me because living as a student is is a very poor life, as you know. So why not use the skills from my science degree, do a bit of work and then do teaching? That's what I did. So I then I, I moved out of teaching and the planning officer who I worked with, I was the assistant planning officer, was then the director of Catholic Education, Vince O'Rourke. And Vince was advertising for a professional assistant. And so I uh, applied for that job and surprising to myself, I got that job. And Vince was the type who, he had a hand in everything really uh, and a fine leader to work with because he allowed me to engage in challenges and, dare I say, in problems to solve that maybe others wouldn't have given that opportunity to. So I learnt an enormous amount at an early age about what it was to work at whole of system level. And from there, I took on other positions. I worked at QCEC, believe it or not. I did the rollout of the GST across all of the schools in Queensland, worked on a team doing that. I spent six and a half years working for the Christian Brothers, which was a fabulous experience working with their schools until I came back to Brisbane Catholic Education, worked in director admin services, and then this role came up and I thought, well, that looks interesting. I might throw my hat in the ring and, and there you end up. But it wasn't well planned. I just took opportunities as they arose. And do you enjoy the role? I love it. I absolutely love it. What it, gives you energy? What gives me energy is seeing kids learn, basically. I have still remain a teacher at heart and I've never lost that. I think it's in my DNA. And I think that we can transform the world if we provide young people with every opportunity to, be, to become the best they can be. And that's what gives me energy every day. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's one of those, the, the exciting times that we're at at the moment, uh, uh, full of potential. What do you think you know, schools do really well at the moment? Sometimes they get some bad press. What do you think are the real strengths of the schools that you, you work with? I think the passion of teachers to want young people to be the best they can be and their commitment to learning. And I also think their passion to ensure young people are given every chance to learn. As we know, young people come from all sorts of different backgrounds and have their own challenges in so many ways. And teachers provide the opportunity for young people to learn by providing a space where they can come and be safe and be given the right opportunities they can learn to achieve their fullest potential. If you had the opportunity to influence the, the State Minister for Education in their policy direction, what would be some of the things you'd be saying to him or her? I'm not sure who that minister is in Queensland. There's lots of specific things that we could do in the here and now that I think are just tinkering around the edges. I really think we need to look to the future and start to move schools to a place where they will truly respond and the learning that we provide young people truly responds to the times that are emerging. Pope Francis would say, this is not an era of change, this is the change of era. And how do we identify the needs of young people going forward? 
and provide learning that prepares them for that era. That's what I would give a priority to because otherwise we're just tinkering around what we do now and we're not really starting to set the platform for the change that needs to emerge over the next five to ten years. Just by way of conclusion, this wonderful um, chat, can you share with us um, a teacher who's had an impact on your, your life? There would be many teachers, and I'd risk naming one, to be perfectly honest. I would couch that in the experience I had at school because in primary school I was educated by the Presentation Sisters, and in those days they were mainly the sisters who taught us. And in secondary school, I was educated by the Sisters of St Joseph. So those... You don't cause a war between those two. No, we definitely (laughs) don't. And certainly their charisms and their founding charisms are very different. But as women in education, they allowed us to think, not in an arrogant way, that if you put your mind to it and if you work hard enough, you can be whatever you want to be. And... I notice when I still see um, women now who I went to school with, we all have that attitude. Of course we can do that. We just need to work hard enough and put our mind to it and we will achieve it if it gives us the energy. And they instilled in us that belief and I think it gave us a confidence to go forward and to lead. But as I said, not in an arrogant way, but in a way that enabled us to continue to be learners. It's um, such an important um, point to make that you know, we're in such a good place, I think, because of the dedication of many of those young... And they were very, very young women. Um, they were. But they certainly um, encouraged feisty females. <laughs> <laughs> thank God for them. <laughs> thank God for them. On that note, we're all finished. So thank you very much for your time, Pam. Thanks very much, Greg. You can search for podcasts in this series by going to Blue Yonder wordpress.com or subscribe to this blog for alerts. These podcasts can be also found on iTunes or via your favourite podcast app. I'm Greg Whitby and you've been listening to Blue Yonder Voices. Mm-hmm.